What up, what up, what up, ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's very own Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 323, episode 323 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. This episode here, All-Star Weekend Recap. Now, listen to me when I tell you. Listen to me when I tell you. You might want to strap up and buckle up because this episode going to be crazy. I can tell you that much. I could definitely tell you that much uh let's get to the particular shall we all-star weekend was last week and obviously you know it starts on saturday you know you have the skills challenge you have the three-point shootout well we actually had two three-point shootouts and the slam dunk contest right now, I honestly believe that some of these challenges should be done for. Honestly, I I I I honestly believe that some of these challenges just need to be do just just need to be done with. And I have said for about a good three years, probably three years. I have said that the three-point shootout should be the closing event for All-Star Saturday night. The slam dunk contest has been nothing but a disappointment for these past few years. This year was no different. Now, I am going to give credit to McClung. I'm going to give him props. He is a two-time defending champion, and I was very much impressed with some of his dunk. I, I was very much impressed with some of his dunks. Now, Jalen Brown, for whatever the reason may be, I have no idea why he was in the dunk contest. I honestly don't. First of all, he's doing dunks that you can do in a game. So he's doing in-game dunks. And expecting crazy scores to the point that he even did a dunk that the great D Brown did. Now, if you remember these dunk contests from the past, D Brown did a dunk where he jumped in the air, covered his covered his eyes, and slam dunked. Now, Jalen Brown tried that same dunk and made a complete fool of himself. Because what he did was he did the dunk. But as you see him going down to the ground and his feet hitting the ground, now he wants to cover his face. Like, I honestly don't know what was in his mind to even think of even attempting that dunk. And then you factor in, me personally, I'm quite tired of the extra shit before the dunk. Um... Like it's getting is it's getting to the point where it's played out now. I believe he I forgot exactly which dunk it was, but you know, he had on you know, he had wore the jersey of um he had wore the jersey of someone who was um I believe slain by the hands of the police. I get the gesture and wanting to honor him. But the dunk that you did didn't warrant your score. I guess you wanted us to have sympathy for you because of the jersey you wore, but the dunk still didn't matter to me. The dunk was still trash. I get that you was trying to pay homage, but overall the dunk was trash. And it's just horrible. Like I honestly don't know what else to say about these dunk contests. Um, Jamie, Jamie Jarquez, I think that's his last name. 
I believe he plays for the Heat. I know he went to you. I know he went uh, to UCLA. Me, in my honest opinion, listen, man, they 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 they, they just need to do away with the dunk contest. I honestly think they just need to get rid of it. I I honestly think they just need to get rid of the dunk contest because it's a disappointment at this point. And not to take any way from McClung, he did his part. You know, I love the fact that he dunked over Shaq and he didn't hold on to Shaq's shoulder. I believe, I forgot who it was. I believe Shaq was used as a gimmick twice in this dunk contest. And one of the and one of the contest and, and one of them basically had their hand on Shaq's shoulder. As they leaped and dunked over him. Come on now. Like, you lose points off of that. Now, I do understand the judges penalizing you for missing the dunk on the first attempt. I get that. I totally get it. Because, see, me, honestly, I'm judging it off that as well. I don't care how amazing the dunk is. If you didn't get it on the first attempt, I cannot give you a 50. I can give you a 49 or a 48, but I can't give you a 50 unless you knock it out on the first attempt. That's just how it works. So, I mean, first of all, me personally, if you're going to have judges for the dunk contest, at least have judges that are worthy as far as, like, like dunk gurus, you know what I'm saying? Dominique Wilkins, we all know about Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight film, right? To me, he was the only judge worthy enough to judge this contest. Now, Fred Jones, who used to play for the Indiana Pacers, and I think the PA announcer made the mistake of calling Fred Jones an Indiana Pacer legend. He's not an Indiana Pacer legend. We need to stop that. Because if he was an Indiana Pacer legend, he'd had his number retired. And to my recollection, he don't have his number retired. Now, you you went to a few playoffs with them. You won a dunk contest with them. That don't make you a Pacer legend. You know what I'm saying? There was only one Pacer legend in the building that night, and that was Reggie Miller, Okay. Not Fred Jones. Now, if you wanted to throw him in the equation to be a judge because it was in Indiana, by all means, have at it. So those two judges I have no issue with. Darnell Hillman, to my knowledge, I mean, I don't know his career like that, but I'm assuming he's a former Pacer as well. Uh, could be a Pacer from the ABA. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's qualified to be a judge in this contest gary payton now we know gary payton as the glove we know him for for me in my honest opinion you know i remember everybody talked about chris paul and blake griffin and deandre joy and they called them lob city oh no gary payton and sean kemp they were lob city before them just do your research if you watched basketball in the 90s like i did you would know gary payton and sean kemp the glove and the ring man, they were Lob City. Now, one of my OGs, Miggity, told me that Magic Johnson and Coop with Showtime Lakers, they were Lob City before that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But that's neither here nor there. So I just think that I just think that the dunk contest has become so much of a disappointment at this point that they need to just do away with it. Like, if your stars are not going to do it, then you need to just do away with the dunk contest. Or, if you're going to do the dunk contest, don't have it close out the show. Because what's happening now is, is that you have fans going home disappointed. They're going home disappointed. Because the three-point shootouts have been amazing these past few years. And then right after that, we got to be secluded. We got to be subjected to a bullshit dunk contest. It needs to stop. It needs to stop. Zion, do the dunk contest. John Morant, 
do the dunk contest. Anthony Edwards, do the dunk contest. Like we like this dunk con like the dunk contest has been an institution for All-Star Weekend. It has been an institution for All-Star Saturday night. As of lately, it has been nothing but an absolute joke. And with that in mind, let's get to the three-point shootout. Let's get to the first one for that matter. Well, no, fuck that. I want to talk about the one I really want to speak about. And that would be the one-on-one with Steph Curry and Sabrina Unescu. Now, listen, when this matchup was announced, this was the only, this was the only event that I looked forward to All-Star Weekend. I didn't even care for the All-Star game on Sunday. The only thing I cared about was the three-point shootout between Steph Curry and Sabrina Unescu. That was the only thing I cared about. Once it was announced, you couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me anything. I didn't care about anything else. Now, I went for Sabrina. I went for Sabrina. I have a soft sauce for Sabrina. I love Sabrina Unescu. Uh, I'm not a Liberty fan, but she is playing in my city. So that makes me love her even more. I've followed her career since she played at Oregon, uh, in college. I just love her game. And then y'all know how I am when it comes to female basketball. Y'all know how, y'all know how I give it up when it comes to women basketball. I love these girls and I just, I admire them. We know who Steph Curry is. We know who he is. The greatest shooter in the world. The greatest shooter in the world. Did I did I did I feel like he was going to win? Of course I knew he was going to win. But I was pulling for Sabrina to pull an upset. When she scored her 26 points, I knew that wasn't going to be enough. But I was very much impressed that she scored 26 points. I was very much impressed. Very much impressed. Because what she did was she put that pressure on Steph. Steph knew he had to go out there and do some shit. He she like she she put that pressure on him to where he had to get close to 30 points. He had to get close to 30 points. Now, had she got at least 28 to 30 points, then I would have been like, okay, Steph, all right. It's really on you. It's really on you. But when she dropped the 26, I was like, that's not enough. Not for Steph Curry. Like, I think for Steph and Dame, if she was to go against both of them and score those numbers, it wouldn't have been enough. Now, had it been her scoring that amount against anybody else besides those two, it would have been enough. But once Steph went, and he didn't start off strong. But he, but, but, but he came along middle, especially towards the end. Yeah, I knew it was a wrap. But see, here's the thing. I'm very much surprised. I'm very much proud of Sabrina Unescu. And I'm going to tell you why I'm proud of her. And Kenny Smith, I'm about to get to you real soon. Don't think I forgot about you. Because you were saying some extra shit with the commentary. And Reggie Miller was trying to save you. In fact, let's get to that now because... For those of y'all that don't know, when the three-point shootout was announced with Sabrina and Steph Curry, Sabrina let it be known right off the rip. Like, when the rules were announced, she instantly said, because the rules were she was going to shoot from the WNBA three-point line and Steph was going to shoot from the NBA three-point line. Sabrina said, no, I'm going to shoot from the NBA three-point line. I commended her for that because I look at it from this perspective, right? I can see, I, I like me personally, I understand what Kenny Smith was saying, but his delivery, like I was always told, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I understand the message that Kenny Smith was saying, but his delivery, the way he was delivering that message Made it seem like he was being sexist. Now, do I think in hindsight he is? No. But the way he was but the way he was the way he was delivering his message 
as the three-point contest was going on, as Sabrina and Steph was going at it. Where, you know, oh, she should be shooting from the three-point. She should be shooting from the WNBA line. You know, that's why there's a men's golf course and a women's golf course. There's a difference, yada, yada, yada. Now, now you're, you're becoming sexist at this point. In my eyes, like I, like I, I watched it live, and I was fuming at Kenny Smith hearing him speak. It was to the point where if I was near him, I'd have yanked him. I'd, I'd have yanked him. I'd, I'd have yanked him by his blazer, because I felt like he was being very disingenuous to Sabrina. Now, watching it again, I get what he was saying. I get what he was saying, but in that moment, oh yeah, I want to get, I want to yank him through his blazer because I felt that he was being a little too extra when it came to Sabrina. But I gotta commend her though. I gotta commend her. She applied the pressure to Steph Curry. She scored twenty six points. She shot from the NBA three point line. She didn't shoot from the WNBA three point line. She shot from the NBA three point line. And then to make it even better, the other three-point shootout, there was eight contestants. Eight contestants. You had Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Dame Lillard, Laurie Markkanen, I think that's his name. Donovan Mitchell, Cat, and Trey Young. There was eight participants in the three-point shootout. Sabrina did better than half them motherfuckers. She did better than half of them. That's right. She did better than half of them. And if I can remember, if I can reflect correctly, I think the four that she did better than was Malik Beasley, Mark Kanaan, if that's his name, Donovan Mitchell. I'm not sure if it was Trey Young or Jalen Brunson, but needless to say, regardless, she did better than half the niggas that was in the three-point shootout. So you can make a case that she should have been in the regular three-point shootout. Because she did better than half the niggas in the shit. I'm very proud of her. Very proud of her. And another reason why I'm proud of her is because what you have done is you made that three-point contact, you made that three-point shootout with Steph so interesting that maybe they could spin the block and do this shit next year. Or make this a recurring thing where every year you do this shit. You get a guy, you get an NBA player versus a WNBA player Every year in the All-Star game, we had Steph and Sabrina this year. Who's to say next year, okay, Dame won the three-point shootout. He won it back-to-back years, right? Who's to say that he doesn't have a one-on-one with a WNBA player next year? And I know just the person he can go against. That is if she declares to go to the WNBA, and that would be Caitlin Clark. Because let's just do the hypothetical. I don't know when senior night is going to happen in Iowa. For all I know, it might have already happened. Let's say the season ends for Iowa in women's college basketball. And let's just say for the hypothetical, she announces that she's declaring for the WNBA draft. You got your matchup right there for next year. You got your matchup right there for the 2025 for a three-point contest. You got Dame Lillard. Caitlin Clark. There you have it. I know they're trying to flirt with the two-on-two idea with Dame and Steph against Sabrina and Caitlin. Me personally, I'd rather a one-on-one, but I'm not a I'm not opposed to a two-on-two either. Y'all know me. Y'all know I love the WNBA. If it does anything to bring awareness and bring more light and eyes to the WNBA, hell, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I am all for it. So for me, both three-point shootouts beat shit down the slam dunk contest's leg. Now let's get to the skills challenge. 
The skills challenge to me was a disappointment. And the reason it was a disappointment for me because I felt like only one team took it serious. And that would be the team that was representing the city. And that would be Indiana. You had Team Pacers, which was Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict uh, Mahewen, hopefully I said his name right, and Miles Turner. That was Team Pacers. You had Team Top Picks. You basically had, I'm assuming the last... What is it? I'm assuming you. I'm assuming it was the last three number one picks, if I'm not mistaken. You had Victor Wimbanyama, Wimby. You had Pablo from Orlando, Pablo Benchero, and then you had Anthony Edwards. That was team top picks. Then you had team all stars. You had Scott Barnes, Tyreek Maxey, and Trey Young. That was all all stars for the 2024 All-Star Game. And it just so happened all three of them was from the Eastern Conference. It was only one team in my eyes that took it serious. And that was the team and that was Team Pacers. So for me the skills challenge is a disappointment because everybody is not taking it serious. They're not taking it serious. They jogging. They not paying attention to detail. Look, Kenny Smith even said this shit in commentary. Like they had like a like they had like the way the court was set up. You had LED lights on the basketball court as this challenge was going on. You had arrows directing you to which way you should turn, and you motherfuckers still couldn't follow it. You still couldn't pay attention to detail. Were you were you high or intoxicated doing this shit? Like damn. But see. This is the crazy shit. And for me, this piggy, this piggy's back right into where I want to go with this. And now let's get to the game of games, the All-Star game. I sat there and watched this All-Star game with my father. And we were completely, completely disgusted with what we watched. To have an all-star game and you have a team score over 200 points is just downright pathetic. It's even worse when you had the other team almost score 200 points as well. The East won 211 to 186. Now, first of all, before the game even started, I said the West was going to smoke the East. And the reason why I said that was because let me just read y'all the starting lineup. For this game. For the East, you had Giannis, Jason Tatum, Bam Ayubayo, Dame Lillard, Tyreeks Halliburton. That's the starting five for the East. For the West, you had KD, LeBron, Jokic, Luka, and Shea Alexander. Now, when you look at them starting lineups, which team do you think is more superior? For me, that would be the Western Conference. And what we got in this game was just downright embarrassing. No defense. <coughs> no defense whatsoever. None whatsoever. It was only three Fouls caught this whole game. Three. Just three fouls. Three fouls the whole game. That was it. Just three fouls. That shit is crazy. Ridiculous. Now, I will give Dame Lillard his props. He was gunning for that MVP. Now, me personally, when the game first started and Halle Burton was shooting his threes, I think he made like five of them in a row. I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely going for MVP. Like, oh, yeah, he definitely going for that shit. 
Innocent Indiana, maybe they'll help him get it. But then when Dame started to cook, I was like, oh no, Dame going for that shit. Now maybe, just maybe, this is just me. Do y'all remember that game where Giannis had a career high? And I think it was against Indiana. And the Pacers, I think, stole the ball or they took the ball. And then Giannis was chasing after them niggas because, I mean, rightfully so, he scored a career high. Like, yo, I want that ball. Like, that's mine. Like, I want to take that home with me. I don't think the Pacers ever gave it to him. Long story short, we fast forward to All-Star Game. And Dame said, you know what? Since y'all wanted to be rude to my man Giannis in Milwaukee, I'm going to be rude to y'all man here, and I'm going to take the MVP away from him. Now, that's just me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking too much about it. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But who knows? I'll just say this. Them Pacer fans weren't too happy because when it was announced that Dame won MVP, or they let their feelings be heard because they booed him. Now, for me, I found it funny. Dame even found it funny. But, I mean, I'm saying, like, wait, listen. If you play in the All-Star game, especially if you're a high-profile player, and like if you're a popular player, your main goal should be you want to win the MVP. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if, you, if you're in an All-Star game and you're a top player, your goal should want to win MVP. You know what I'm saying? But just this game as a whole was a complete disappointment. An absolute disappointment. Just look at the just look at the field goal percentages. And that tells you all you need to know about defense. The Western Conference was damn near 56% from the field. That's 56% from the field. The Eastern Conference was damn near 57% from the, from the field. Now, luckily to them, they made a lot of threes in this game. A lot of threes. The East was 43% from the three-point line. The West was 35%. Now, that three-point shooting, that goes to, shit, Jalen Brown... Jalen Brown shot 12 threes. He broke even with his threes. He was 6 for 12. Holly Burton was 10 for 14. Dame was 11 for 23. Damn near everything he shot was threes. I think he drove to the lane probably a good three times, three, four times. Everything else was threes. Giannis did his thing as he should in the paint. Jason, T Jason Tatum did his thing. Uh, Bronson did his thing. Uh, Scotty Barnes did his thing. Then you get to the West. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, that brother with the work. 50 points in a losing effort. And I think, I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was Charles. I don't know if it was Chuck or Draymond Green. They were saying something about how this is the old cat they be looking at. Dropping 40-something points and still getting blowed out. Like, like Dray, like Draymond, like Draymond was on his commentary shit. Like he was really on a roasting campaign and on the All-Star game. Him and Charles Barkley was just going back and forth with each other, and it was pure comedy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were showing out because they were sitting there. Taylor Rooks, which I ain't gonna lie, I probably would have been doing the same thing if I was saying if I was sitting there, huh? But Cat did his thing. He didn't start. He came off the bench. He did his thing. Now, I think I think Luca had a dunk. No, he tried to dunk and he spazzed. Joker had a dunk. No, no, he tried to dunk, but the time ran out. Seeing them two try to dunk is hilarious to me. It, it, it very much is. Like, they have no they have no leap at all. And it's funny to watch. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's, it's, very, it's very humorous to watch. But, listen, I wouldn't want them on the same team, though. I mean, yeah, this was an all-star game. So, they're going to be on the same team. But, 
to have them on the same team in an NBA game, like, that should be a nightmare. But Steph did his thing. Booker did his thing. KD did I. I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to go there. There is somebody to blame for this. Yes, you could blame Adam Silver. He's the commissioner. He has to take he he has to take the blame for this. Yes, he does. But there's someone else that I have to blame for this. And he plays for the Western Conference. And it just so happens he's the captain of that team. Yup, I gotta do it. I gotta be that guy. I gotta be that guy. LeBron James, I hold you responsible for how this game played out. First of all, you are the captain of the Western Conference. I don't know what pep talk you told them in that locker room. I don't know if you told them, yo, let's just go out there and put on a show, yada, yada, yada. Let's not care. Let's not play no defense. I don't know what it was that you told them or whatever it was that you didn't tell them, but it showed on their basketball court. Because what we saw was just downright embarrassing. Do I think this score would have been like this if Kobe was on that team? Absolutely not. God bless the dead. Because Kobe would have played defense. Kobe would have played some defense. This score was downright embarrassing. And then to add insult to injury, he sits out the second half. He sits out the second half. Didn't play the second half at all. Now, my whole thing is this. If you're the captain of this team, if you show that you don't give a fuck about the All-Star game, why should they care? Now, there were some players, again, that did their thing, but then there was, an, a, dec there was a decent amount that didn't care. That falls on you, LeBron, because you're the captain of the team. There was no reason why the Western Conference got shit beat down their leg. No reason at all. Even if the game was close and they won, I would have been okay with it. But there was no reason for them to get shit beat down their leg. And that's exactly what happened. And the blame has to go to LeBron. Now, everybody is going to sit here and make these excuses about Oh, it's All-Star Weekend. They're just putting on a show for the fans. You know, nobody wants to get injured. They don't want to take it serious like that. Then don't play. Then don't play. See, this is why now, when I speak about basketball players, and everybody is so quick to bring up their accomplishments, you know, people be like, oh, such and such got three MVPs. Such and such got two final MVPs. They got this amount of points. They got this. They got that. They got all-star appearances. I don't even mention all-star appearances anymore. Because at this point, being an all-star, it don't mean nothing no more. It don't mean shit no more. See, before, back in the day, to be considered an all-star, that meant everything. Just go back and watch the tapes and see how competitive those all-star games were. You got some of our NBA greats turning over in their grave watching that All-Star game over the weekend. Plenty. Like, they showed Oscar Robinson a couple times Sunday night in that telecast. And you could see the disgust in his face seeing that shit. They showed Larry Bird. Larry Legend. The Hick from French Lick. They showed him so many times in that telecast of that game, and he looked disgusted. Now, a little birdie told me that they had a luncheon, I believe it was Saturday or Sunday, where Larry Bird spoke, and he basically said, I'm just paraphrasing, that he wants the players to take the game seriously. Clearly, they didn't listen to him. Clearly, they disrespected the legend. Because they didn't listen to him. 
And with this score that I just told you the game was, I'm going to say the score again in case you didn't hear it the first time. 211 to 186. You think they took that game seriously? This was not a show for the fans. What we saw Sunday night was a circus. This shit was a circus, and it was downright disgusting. It was disgusting to watch. Very disgusting. Something's got to change. Something has seriously got to change. Now, see me, I think the problem with this was they took those cherry things out from the All-Star game. Remember a few years ago, you had... See, me personally, I know some people didn't like the whole captain versus captain thing where you take it to the blacktop and you pick your team. I actually like that format. I actually like that format where you had the two top vote getters pick their team. Now, it was unfortunate that every year LeBron was a captain. At the end of the day, he's the face of the NBA. Hook or crook, whether you like it or not, he is the face of the NBA until he retires. Me, personally, I think it should have kept that format. Reason being was because when you kept that format, remember, you had Team LeBron against Team whatever. Whoever won that first quarter, whatever charity that they put towards that game, your charity won that first quarter. Your charity won that second quarter. Your charity won that third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, you had your target score. So now defense has got to be played now. Now you really got to buckle down and play some serious defense. But, like, again, that, that, that was just a disappointment. That was, that was just embarrassing to watch on Sunday night. It was very embarrassing to watch. And I truly hope that Adam Silver finds a way to get this shit together. He's got to get it together. He's got to get it together. You cannot have a repeat of this next year. You just can't. You just can't. Like a lot of people had a bad taste in their mouth watching that All-Star Weekend. And you're hearing one speak about it right now. That was disgusting to watch. I was ashamed to be an NBA fan Sunday night. So something's got to change. Something has seriously got to change. And it needs to change. And it needs to change quick. Quick, fast, in a hurry. But uh, that's just pretty much my assessment from All-Star Weekend. Now, I will say this, and I believe Charles Barkley said this on the tip-off show. He said, when you think of All-Star Weekend, for the most part, the best part is Thursday. I mean, not Thursday. Uh, What is it? The best, the best part is Saturday. It's not it's not Sunday. It's Saturday. Because you got all these challenges. You got the skills challenge. You got all stuff. You got you got the skills challenge. You got three-point shootout. You got dunk contests. So you're around your peers and you're, you know, you're having a damn good time. The best part it's Saturday. It's not Sunday. But see, all of that can change if all the events are successful. All the events should be great. All of them. One of them shouldn't be outstanding and superb, and then all the other ones be basuda, trash, disgusting. That's what happened this weekend. I'm going to say it again. The only contest that was worth watching was the three-point shootout. Both of them. The traditional one with the eight participants and then the one with Steph and Sabrina. Those were the only two contests that was worth watching. Translation, that should be the main event for now on. The three-point shootout should be the closeout event for the foreseeable future until the dunk contest gets it together. I honestly believe that, and I believe that with all my soul, I've been saying that shit for about four years now. 
for four years now, I have said that the three-point shootout should be the main event. Maybe now they'll jump on board and they'll hear what I'm saying. Because this is just this is just downright disgusting. I have to keep saying it. It was downright disgusting. Downright disgusting. So Adam Silver, you got to get it together, Kamish. You got to get it together. Because watching that NBA All-Star game on Sunday, that shit reminded me of the Pro Bowl. That shit reminded me of the NFL Pro Bowl. And you see what they did with the Pro Bowl. It's not even a game anymore. They turned that shit into an obstacle course with the players. They turned that shit into an obstacle course slash skills challenge. You keep fucking around, and that's exactly what's going to happen with this NBA All-Star game. So Adam Silver, you're going to have to get it together. Because right now, you got a lot of people saying that you're the worst commissioner in all the sports. I don't think baseball has a commissioner at this point. It was brought to my knowledge that uh, Rob Manford, whatever, whatever his name is, I think he's stepping down as the commissioner of the MLB. You got Roger Goodell with uh, the NFL. I don't know who the commissioner is for NHL, but right now you're looking like the worst commissioner in all the major sports right now, Adam Silver. So if you want to fix that problem, you better do something about this All-Star game. You better do something about it, man. You better do something about it. Because it's not looking too good, man. It's not looking too good. But, uh, listen, I done been on this thing long enough. And I told myself that I was going to make this a short episode. I didn't want, excuse me, I didn't want to dive on it too much. But since I'm done speaking on it, I do want to say this. I'm glad that the All-Star game was in Indiana. Shout out to my man out there in Indiana in the Nap Town. Shout out to my man O'Shea. Shout out to my man Shannon. Shout out to my man John. My man, my man John. Those are my Naptown dudes, my, pa my, my my podcast brothers from the Naptown. I'm glad it was in Indiana. Now, I didn't like how Reggie said Indiana is the mecca of basketball because we all know what the mecca of basketball is, and that just happens to be the city that I represent, and that's the NYC, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm glad it was in Indiana. Now, they said it was in 1985, the last time it was in Indiana, obviously when that All-Star game took place, I probably was just on the verge of being conceived. Because I was born in November. I believe the All-Star games back then was in February too. So you got March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So yeah, I probably was on the verge of being conceived when that All-Star game took place. So I'm glad I was able to witness it in Indiana because, listen, Indiana is a hell of a basketball town. Hell of a basketball town. Whether you count college or pro, just an amazing basketball town. And I love that Reggie Miller was getting his love. I was, I was, I was so proud that he was getting his flowers because it's very well deserving. Very well deserving. But uh, before I go... I haven't done a shout-out in quite some time. And the shout-out that I want to give is to UConn star Paige Beckers, one of the top women college basketball players in the world. She announced that she will be staying at UConn for her fifth year. Now, me personally, I would have loved for her to go to the WNBA draft. They had her high in the mock draft. I believe she was a top three pick. I think Indiana was number one, LA was number two, and I think Phoenix was number three. So it was looking like she probably was going to Phoenix. Well, she let it be known on senior night that she will return to UConn for her fifth year. Me personally, I'm okay with that decision. At first, I was a little sad about it 
because I thought that this upcoming draft class would be one for the history books. If all prevailed and then everybody leave, like Caitlin Clark, Cameron Brink, Paige Beckers, uh, Cardozo from South Carolina, Andrew Reese, uh, Keatley from Virginia Tech, Amore from Virginia Tech, uh, Mackenzie Holmes from Indiana. If all these women was to leave college and go to the WNBA, this might have been the draft class for, for, for ages. But again, with the pandemic that happened, I believe some of them are eligible for a fifth year. So Paige is the first one to say, you know what? I'm not going to go to the WNBA yet. I'm going to stay for one more year. Now, at first, I was sad, but then I thought about it, and I said, you know what? I can understand why she made that decision. And the reason I think she made that decision is because just let's keep it all the way funky. Her career at UConn is incomplete. If you really, if you really, if you really, if you really want to keep it a buck, her career right now in college is incomplete. And the reason being is because some seasons she didn't play. You understand what I'm saying? Like, for two seasons, she was injury prone. Two seasons, she was injury prone. So we didn't get a full glimpse of her game. Now, do I believe she's WNBA ready? Absolutely, I think she is. People got to remember, her freshman year, she was the talk of the town. It wasn't Caitlin Clark. It was Paige that was the talk of the town. I remember, I, I believe it was their freshman year because they both came in the same year. I think they played each other in a, I think they played each other in a March Madness game where UConn got the edge. All the talk was about Paige. We knew who Caitlin Clark was, but the hype for Caitlin Clark wasn't what it was now, as what it is now. But I just think that Paige said, you know what? I've had an incomplete college career. Okay, I went to one national championship. Unfortunately, I lost, but I've been injured a lot. And on top of that, my team has been injured a lot. You've had a lot of players on UConn be hurt. AC Fudd, she's another one that's been injury prone. You know what I'm saying? So I think for that UConn team, I think for them, they feel like they haven't been their best because they've been hurt. So Paige let it be known that she'll be back next year. I'm quite sure Fudd will be back next year. I forgot who the other I forgot who, who the other player was on senior night that announced that they was gonna return as well. So who knows? UConn might be a force next season. Who knows? But again, I, I was very much looking forward to Paige going to the WNBA. So I guess I got to wait another year. Who knows? Maybe she's trying to go for that number one pick. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, listen, I love Paige Beckers. I love her game. I can't wait to see what she does in the tournament this year. I can't wait to see what she does next year. And I can't wait to see what she does when she does go to the WNBA. So, there you have it. But, uh, it's time to go. It's a wrap for this episode. Uh, just two, just, just two segments I want to speak about. I didn't want to dive into too much stuff. I mean, that's the only stuff that's really worth talking about right now in sports. You know, baseball hasn't started yet. The NFL season is over and ain't nothing really important to talk about with the NFL right now. So again, it's a wrap for this episode. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh, Y'all can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Y'all can find me on Facebook, Dre Day. You can find me on Instagram, Dre Day 1985 or Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. The link is in the bio. Uh, you can also find me on X, Drayday1985. The link is in the bio. So once again, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. 
This has been another episode of Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And uh, again, that's it. It's over. Episode 323 is over. Catch y'all on the flip side. Have a blessed weekend. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Dre Day, man. Y'all already know, man. Got some bonus material for here, man. Got some bonus material for this episode. Totally forgot, man. I got a bone to pick with a certain individual. I got a bone to pick with somebody that I have immense respect for. And uh, it's going to hurt a little bit to do this, but uh, I feel like I have to. And I got a bone to pick with my man Jay Williams, man. I got a bone to pick with him. I fucks with Jay Williams. I've 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 followed him as an analyst. I followed him as a basketball player when he played at Duke. You know, it was unfortunate that he was in a motorcycle accident. I believe the same year he was drafted in the NBA, which was 2002, which damn near took his life and basically just took his career from him. And you know, well wishes to him on that. You know, I be, I remember listening to his listen to him tell his story on the Pivot podcast with Ryan Clark and Fred Taylor and uh Ch- Channing. But this ain't about that. You know, this is about his take on Caitlin Clark and he says that, you know, she's not great until she wins a national title. Well, I'm going to just read the quote that he said. And uh, he says that basically she still needs to lead Iowa to a national championship. The true definition, the true measure of greatness in his eyes. That's basically his definition. He said, okay, I think she is the Steph Curry of women's college basketball. I think she has changed the dynamics of the way the game is played. I think the way she plays, the pizzazz, like she's probably the most prolific scorer the game of basketball has ever seen. I am unwilling, and maybe it's the Kobe mentorship around me. To say that she is great, yet I think she is the most prolific scorer the game has ever seen. I hold great or the levels of immorality or the pantheons to when you win championships. So I'm not saying that she's not at a high, high level, but for her to go to the states of immorality, in my opinion... It has to accumulate with your team winning the championship. See, it's it's quotes like that that kind of irks my soul. And the reason being is because, see, we, and I'm not even going to lie, I have been a prisoner of this plenty of times when I had conversations with people. I would hold those championships in high regard. Like, yo, like the championship is the N-O-B all. Like once you got that championship, they can't say nothing to you, which to some degree is true. But in this case here, Caitlin Clark has already proved how great she is. Even without a national championship, she's already proven that she's great. There's so many players that came out of college basketball that didn't win national championships and they were great in their collegiate career. There are a lot, a lot of players. Sabrina Unescu, she was great in college. Now, unfortunately, she might've won a national championship, but unfortunately 
the year of the COVID, the the the, the, the pandemic, the pandemic year. Remember, they cut the remember they cut the season short. They ended the season. So we never would have known had they even won the national championship. But despite all of that, she had a great collegiate career, a great collegiate year. That doesn't stop her from being great. You know what I'm saying? Kelsey Plum was a great collegiate player. She never won a national championship. That doesn't take away from her. You know what I'm saying? We get to the men's side. Elton Brand was an amazing player at Duke. Had a great collegiate career. He didn't win a national championship. Yeah, he got there when he lost to the 99 UConn Huskies. He had a great collegiate career. That doesn't make him great because he didn't win a national championship. The list goes on. Antoine Jameson and Vince Carter, when they was on them North Carolina Tar Heel teams with Ed Coder and Shamad Williams. I remember this shit from back in the day. Just because they didn't win a national championship doesn't mean they weren't great. They had great collegiate careers. It was just unfortunate that they ran up on a team that beat them. Marcus Camby had a great collegiate career. A great collegiate career. So what? Because he lost in the Final Four in 96? That prevents him from being great? I'll take it a step further. Allen Iverson, another person from that 96 class. He didn't win a national championship in college. Did that stop him from being great in college? Absolutely not. I'm just using players in college. I didn't even get to the pros because there's a list of players that haven't won championships in the pros and they're still great. And it's a long list of them. Allen Iverson was great in college. He was great in the pros and he didn't win a championship in neither destination. That doesn't take away from him being great. Carl Malone, John Stockton, they never won national championships in college. Obviously, they didn't win any in the pros either. That doesn't stop them from being great. Charles Barkley, he won. He never won a national championship at Auburn in college. Obviously, he never won a championship in um, the NBA. That don't stop him from being great. I believe Patrick Ewing has a national championship at Georgetown. He never won in the NBA. That doesn't stop him from being great. So we got to stop with this notion that you have to have a championship in order to be great. That's not true. Because there's a bunch of bums who's got championships. And they could just walk around with a ring on their finger when, and when, when in reality they did nothing to earn it. You just sat on the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to stop with that notion that championships mean everything. We got to stop with that notion. It matters to it, it matters to a degree, but it's not the end all be all. Like, you know, there's some great guys that elevated. But some of these players were great players because they were the carriers. Caitlin Clark is the carrier of her team. Without her, that team does nothing. Without her, that team does not flourish one bit. And they know it. She's already great. Some of these players that got championships, they made it, but they was riding in the car. Them niggas was sitting in the back seat. Some of these niggas was probably in the trunk. They wasn't driving that car. So we gotta so we gotta stop with this notion that oh you're not great unless you win a championship. Nah, we gotta stop that, man. We gotta stop that. We gotta stop that. So Jay Williams, I had a bone to pick with you on that, man. But hey, it is what it is. Caitlin Clark is great with or without a national championship. Even if Iowa does not win a national championship this year, and she was to say, you know what? I'm declaring for the WNBA draft. That doesn't stop her from being great. She's already great. She's already great. She's had a great collegiate career. Now will she be great in the WNBA? Only time will tell. But right now, in her collegiate career, she's already great. Simple and plain.
And with that being said, the bonus content is done. Episode 323 is finally complete. I'm officially out of here. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here.